says Mick. That'll be eight bucks. I am miserable. Welcome to Season 5, Slimesters. This is Splat Attack, a podcast honoring the slime-filled past. I'm your gackerific ear of corn, Brett. <laughs> and I'm your maniacal home repairman, man, 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 Alex. And Brett. Yes? What are we doing here on the set of all that? Well, it's it's been a long time since we touched upon the show. And because it's one that hit us with a bang the moment that it aired on Nickelodeon, it's time to give them the spotlight to one of the most entertaining, sketch writing kids shows that you know the channel had to offer and of course we're talking about all that and of course it gave rival t- uh rise to several spin-offs in fact absolutely and i am so frustrated with the fact that as much as i love all that it, it, we didn't get to touch this uh as a whole until season five because again nickelodeon has so many things to talk about but uh we won't be going too in depth about the history of the show Overall, we'll be saving that for a future episode that we have planned. So instead, we're taking things a bit lighter, a more fun approach, and we're going to be sharing some of our favorite All That sketches to see if any of our Slimesters remember them. Indeed. Yeah, if anyone wants um, just a little bit of taste before diving into this episode, go check out our favorite Nicktoons episode or Secret Agent Nick, which are both on Patreon. We, mm-hmm. we mentioned all that a little bit more there, too. Uh, but yeah, we we won't be going too too far in depth with like the history of all that. We'll save that for like anniversary retrospective, whatever comes our way in the future. Uh, we're just gonna have some fun, list a few favorite sketches that come to mind. Some may be recurring, some may be one-time sketches, and some may overlap, which is perfectly fine. Uh, it's all about remembering the good times because get ready at get set. It's all that. <laughs> well, I, I I think you've got. Um... I think Lori Beth would be a bit uh, jealous. You got that big ear of corn there along there with the IC. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of chilling off screen with me, hanging out in the <laughs> corner, waiting for me to say something very witty and then carry it away. Uh, but I think someone's actually moving it that I see backstage. Who is that? Who's behind that ear of corn? Uh, it, it looks like uh, it looks like Kylie has come back for this episode. Oh, oh, hey, Kylie. Good to see That's you again. Lost me. You in <laughs> I could yep. sorry, I couldn't help it. That's yeah. perfect. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> well, Hi. Everybody, uh, for for those of you who weren't around on our Patreon to see our 30th anniversary Wienerville episode, this is kind of a very dear friend of mine, Kylie Eberhard. She joined us for that episode, and she was gracious to come back. We didn't run her off, so that makes me happy. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm glad to yeah, have you here. And also, I'm, I I tried, guys. I really, really tried to get some... Uh, I wanted to have like a little mini reunion like we've managed to do many times on the on the podcast. But all that, the, the cast overall, is, is very, very tricky to get a hold of. But uh, I have been very fortunate to make some connections uh, through doing 
all the things that I've done. So uh, I have had the wonderful opportunity to get to interview our next guest one on one. And he has graciously joined us again for this episode for the first time on Splat Attack. Hello, Mr. Leon Frierson. Hey, Leon Lee Boy Frierson in the building. My name is Lee Boy. Have a nice day. You know, I had to come through on anything all that related and, you know, show my support. It sounds like I'm the only all that cast member that ain't got nothing to do. Like, am I the only one available? I don't know. I got to reevaluate, you know, my goals out here. No, but no, happy to be on. You know, I'm a podcaster, so I'm going to show up where the podcasts are at. And, uh, you know, appreciate you inviting me, man. And and Leon has got all kinds of things going on. So oh, yeah, I, right, I, yeah. I I know I know it sounds it sounds like oh everyone else is busy. No, <laughs> Leon's busy too. It just happens to be that he and I have made a connection, and and he's been able to. I've tried to support him where I can, and he's been there for me. So I appreciate you very much, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for joining us for the first time to talk about all that with us. It's I know we're going to hear some great stories from you and just dig a little bit deeper into what made it so special back uh you know when it was in its prime on nickelodeon yeah i, I mean definitely i'm gonna try to remember as much as i can now don't forget i was like 11 12 oh that's old, okay guy. i'll help you but, uh, a couple of my choices you're involved with <laughs> i have i have an inkling that you'll probably jog my memory a couple times so bring it on i'm ready going along with uh, our, our special guests uh we have one more guest who is going to be joining us. Uh, she is not here at the moment. I was informed prior to the episode that uh, that she may be a bit late, and that's perfectly fine. We've had some who were late before and, and joined us later in the episode, so no problem there. But uh, I do have one more surprise for everybody um and, and this is this is a very a very small one this one's mostly gonna hit kylie more than anybody else uh but i do have one more uh, quick guest appearance uh i actually need to take my background off for this one um so before we get going uh, the last time when we did the 30th anniversary episode and the, the moment i said 30th anniversary kylie was like oh i feel old now oh, no. uh so i i'm sorry to say that but kylie do you remember when we did as you like it and that's how big sam was oh he was so little uh come here sports get up here oh <laughs> of all the shows that we have covered on the podcast this one will usually go and watch a, an episode or two of the shows that we're talking about just because daddy's watching these shows and he wants to watch them too. Uh, I swear he's watched that Salute Your Shorts uh, Michael Comes to Camp episode over a dozen times and that's just about the only episode that he's watched. That's where it's at, man. But uh, he's watched a lot of Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple and he, he enjoys the, the, the game shows. But of all the shows that he, I've caught him watching on his own, especially on YouTube, is all that. So uh, I've had no coaching on on this at all. <laughs> it was just he enjoyed them and he's watched them. So I want to get his quick picks real fast. Uh, I told you it'd be just a few minutes. Come here, Booger. You know who this is, yes? Mm -hmm. Who is that? Leon. Leon. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> All right, come here, Squirt. Uh, tell tell everybody, pick three. What were some of your favorite all that sketches? Well, 
My least favorite, but I still like it, is vi Vital Information. Uh, of oh, the ones you're okay. picking. Of the ones you're picking, that's your, that's your number so that's three. That's in the third place. Okay, okay. All right. What's your What's your other two? Super dude. Mm -hmm. Good choice. And? Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. There you go. Can I take your order, dude? Yeah. <laughs> How oh, did I know choices. that was his favorites? Great choices. I was right. just watching Good Burger, Burger today. They are making a Good Burger, too. All right, you want to tell everybody goodbye? Bye. Bye. Moving on to the next flat attack skit. <laughs> okay, have fun. Got a star right. in the making there. All right, love you, buddy. Kevin. Five minutes. Five minutes. Bye, Alex. <laughs> Spot you later, he said. That was Very painful. Nice. And I know you were older. <laughs> love you, Kylie. He was a baby. All right. Well, uh, before we get going too much with uh, our, our picks of favorite all that sketches, and I know this is going to be a bit of a loaded question for Leon, so we'll we'll transfer over to Kylie first. Uh, what are some of your favorite memories, or what memories do you have? Period of watching all that as a kid. Um, I absolutely loved all that. It was one of my favorite shows, and it. There's something about it, because, I mean, if you look at it in a broad spectrum, it's it was like SNL for kids. And mm -hmm. I, I just felt so, like, immersed in it. And, like, I ended up doing a lot of theater when I was little, so it was really cool to see things like, you know, just little skits at a time and, like, seeing it and... and being able to relate to that and seeing what's possible for someone my age to be able to do acting. But honestly, I think some of my fondest memories, and this seems like a weird one to stick out, but my fondest memories were racing during commercial breaks to get the things <laughs> yes! done. I had yep. put off anything. My mom was like, hey, you need to do that or something like that. Or I needed to like grab food or something. I was like, okay, I've got a minute and I would be I would wait until the commercial break hit and running around and just anytime mom's like hey can you do this and I'm like no all that's coming back on I'll do it in the next commercial break but like every time that new episode was on I was right there in front of the TV and it's some of my fondest memories are are those nights you sound exactly like me as a kid when I was tuned into all that because <laughs> mm -hmm. I was just like I can't miss a second of it when I hear the bumper saying now back to all that I gotta be parked right in front of my TV and ready to go with my snacks and I knew that if there was a commercial break I'd have to time it be like okay I got 30 to 45 seconds left I race downstairs grab a snack go back up and if someone yelled at me I'd be like I'll talk to you later not now <laughs> I mean, and that really went for the entire SNCC block, too, though. Mm. Like, as yeah. soon as SNCC Especially came that. on, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, similar feeling to TGIF, but it's like you're locked in for the entire two hours, whatever it was. There's no going anywhere. <laughs> My parents knew that, like, once the once that block started, like, I was, I was done for the night. Like, I was <laughs> on that TV. Not coming outside. <laughs> mm -hmm. Getting a whole lot of dopamine hits for sure. Yes. <laughs> it's like just, you're on a different Getting all of the yeah, serotonin like, and dopamine. Right, right. There's some, something else going on. Chemically. And that is, <laughs> that is such a lost 
treasurable moment uh, with Commercial now breaks. everything with everything being on demand now right. that you can just skip ad and get what you want immediately. Uh, kids don't know that rush of all right, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> Especially whenever, and it's a bit gross to say, but whenever you had to use the restroom and, yes. you, and you were holding it, and then you mm -hmm. had one minute to try to get everything taken like, care of in the back. It's funny you mentioned that, Alex, because I think, oh, when we were talking about our Great Wave episode review way back in season two on Patreon, <laughs> we, we talked about this moment in All Real Monsters where they, they were showing, like, pictures, uh, the TV screen with, like, the Super Bowl going on, and they were like, we'll be right back after these messages, and don't forget to come to our Super Bowl halftime with those crazy dancers, and you just hear, like, a uniform flush of the entire city going to the bathroom at the same time <laughs> it's like oh it's so true it's true <laughs> oh man that's great uh yeah. leon i know this is going to be a bit tough so i i will phrase it like this uh working on all that as a kid what are some standout memories uh off the top of your head off the top of my head oh i mean definitely meeting the artists that was like uh, you know the next level I in particular really wanted to meet Lauren Hill never happened because she performed offsite and then there's stories like that each and every week where you want to get in front of them profess your love get an autograph and it hardly ever happens like they you know they're usually in and out you're a kid and they have their adult entourages but um, you know like meeting Shaq and um, certainly Britney Spears and NSYNC I believe came in the same week and I'll just wow. say they just turned the entire set upside down. They were there together, like looking back at it now. I didn't realize that they were so connected. Um, yeah, at the time, Justin and Brittany. But um, yeah, they literally turned the set upside down. But then also in, in weeks where Wyclef Jean and Destiny's Child were there at the same time. Um, and he was, you know, on their first single. No, no, no. He had taken an interest in me. Actually, I was singing CJ in the Cloudy Nights that week, and he was like telling me I could get a, a record deal. So um, that I would say is definitely a top moment. But just in general, trying to interact with the the, the guests and being such a fanboy, um, you know, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was like going to a concert every week as a kid. You know, it's That's a different awesome. experience. Did you watch all that before you went to audition for the show? Stole, yeah. stole my word right <laughs> out of my mouth. Yeah, so uh, when Kylie was talking about it, I mean, I remember having those same feelings when Snick was on. And, you know, I had been auditioning probably since I was seven or eight years old, about the same time when uh, when all that came out. And I really looked up to Keenan and Kel quite a bit. Um, and when the audition came around, you know, I really took it like I wanted to land this job. Whereas other times you kind of go through the motions, but mm -hmm. I came extra prepared for the like, <laughs> like I was passing every test that they put in front of me. But um, no, but seriously, like watching Kenyon and Kel coming up, obviously they were revolutionary for the time. And then uh, one of my favorites was, you know, Ross Perot. And I, we could talk about stuff like that later. <laughs> but, um, you know, there is just certain certain skits that are just so timeless and so important and then of course the cultural you know the cultural mm -hmm. background and everything mm -hmm. hip-hop music in the 94 is like this is the golden era of hip-hop and then they're representing for kids and then the last thing i'll say about it is you know the the cast of all that is great because you're they're very relatable they're not as polished as some other networks and you really see yourself in the kids so mm -hmm. it felt like i had a chance getting on you know watching the show 
when I was eight, nine, and 10 years old, watching Mavis and Clavis, um, you know, just thinking, I wish I could do it. And then, or, or thinking I could do it and then actually achieving it. Obviously not everyone has that story, but right. I will say that the cast is very relatable and it, it leaves you something that, um, you know, a certain belief that things are obtainable in life. So I think uh, they're a very inspirational cast, especially in those formative years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. More, more power to you for actually making it happen. Cause I'm sure hundreds if not millions of people you know who are in that age range were thinking the same thing i know i felt the same when i first saw you on tv when you were introduced into the cast believe it or not like (laughs) wow if a normal person like you could get on the show maybe i could but of course that that dream didn't quite go the way i wanted but at least (laughs) seeing that happen where you just kind of came out of the audience and joined everyone on stage it, it gave kids a sense of hope that they can be they can not only just watch the shows they love, but they could eventually become a part of the shows that they love. And I think that's really special when Nickelodeon does that to make you feel included mm-hmm. as a viewer and not just a bystander at home. Yeah, and if they ever come, uh, come out with an award for best entrance onto a show, please nominate me because I'm up there like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just literally in the audience. I'm like, help a brother out. I, I loved it like, so much. Let a brother own. And they was like, all right. And then that was it. <laughs> Just yeah, like my life. Dude, that easy. <laughs> right. Uh, my name's Leon. Yes, Leon. And if you're just going to let them two kids join the cast of all that, how about let me join too? You know, help a brother out. Come on down. Brent, what are some of your favorite memories of watching all that as a kid? Oh, man, so many of them. It's like you're opening the floodgates for me. Um, I mean, I, I tuned in from the very get-go as soon as I knew it existed back in 1994. I, I watched all the episodes for, like, the first around six, seven seasons, I think. Um, you know, after that, I, I kind of just fell off with the rest of Nickelodeon. But for the second two-thirds of the 90s, I was just making sure I showed up at SNCC every time. And if I missed it for whatever reason, I would watch it whenever it was on Nickelodeon again. And I just loved the, the concept of the sketches. It's, it's fun. It's silly. You know, there's a little bit of something for everyone. They're always keeping things like moving, churning, different ideas constantly. And of course, they're bringing back favorite recurring sketches, which we'll be talking about. And of course, the musical guests. I mean, aside from rating my, my mother's record collection when I was a kid to discover new music, that's how I got my music. And that's mm. why I have a big connection to like R&B hip hop music, um, because I, I just heard a lot of the tunes and a lot of the performers that I like, like DeBrat, Craig Mack, Immature, Brandy, Aaliyah, just to name a few, tons, tons more, Busta Rhymes, and it's just like, it, it's a great way to introduce culture to kids that if you didn't necessarily watch MTV or VH, VH1, you can still get that. And much like Kylie said, it's it, it does feel like SNL for kids with the format being very, very similar and, and parallel in that regard. And I think it's it's great and important that we're able to have that and, uh, and celebrate all the talent ranging from music to the, the acting and the sketches mm-hmm. um, just to be a part of that. Yeah. And uh, and for me, I I very much enjoyed watching the show. But what I enjoyed more was going to school on Monday and talking to all my friends about it. And then we would all start trying to act out what we mm-hmm. remembered 
from the yes. episode. Yes. Uh, because we didn't know it word for word because we only got to watch it one time and then we had to pull everything from memory. <laughs> and then somebody would inevitably point out a joke that, oh, yes, and then completely forgot that. And then they'd start riffing again. And uh, then hearing all of my friends wanting to sing the song from the musical guest. But... Um, you know what's one of the best to uh, try try to to replay is ask Ashley. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you could just remember the one topic, you like mm-hmm. use your stinking feet. <laughs> like, yep. Oh my god, man! <laughs> Sam has started doing that now. He started listening, <laughs> making up stupid requests just so that way we could start <laughs> ribbing into him. And right. it's hard to tell when he's being serious or when he's jo- when he's joking. But after. <laughs> After he starts giving you that goofy smile, it's like yep. okay, you're you're doing an all an, an Amanda, ask Ashley thing. And you guys mentioned some of the. I was been looking down at this picture right here. I forgot it was even right here, but some of the musical guests, I think, Salt and Pepper, right here. I was oh, man, going wow. down memory lane. That's so cool. But um, yeah, you know, a little great. Bit you made of a collage of it. Stuff. CJ oh, there's you. Yeah. There's you the, the disco fro, and I think Keenan Thompson was in that sketch too. Were you all singing? That's yeah. on my list. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, look, wait. This is one more legendary one too. Look, hold up. I don't know if you remember this cold open. Uh, we're all Kevin's. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just, I wow. just watched that earlier wow. today. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, uh, going along with our our favorite all that sketches, uh, this is going to be an incredible surprise for both Brett and Kylie. I, I know it's going to completely shock them. Uh, Jimmy Bond. Hello, Otto. Jimmy Bond. That's one of my favorites. I knew too. it. I knew it. Come on. Uh, anybody who's watched uh, this podcast long enough knows I am a huge James Bond fan. And uh, before I even knew who James Bond was, uh, because I didn't get into Bond until shortly after I started watching all that. Uh, was not, it because? No. Uh, because of the sketch where you like, I liked this sketch. This is the same. <laughs> no, uh, that mostly happened just because I was getting too old i was going through that phase where i didn't want kids shows anymore and Too i was cool trying to it. find yeah I was, and and now here i am kids shows anymore i'm an adult and here i am 37 talking about kids kid shows, shows. Still. we were so naive back then i was the same <laughs> but uh i i got into james bond movies in in 98 and i think the first one of these was really around 96 uh when jimmy bond started uh becoming a thing and the funny thing is whenever i was going back and and watching the james bond movies for the first time and we came to goldfinger i remembered cold finger from from the come on look at (laughs) look at my finger it is really really cold look at it look at it my cold finger look i know it's cold and i drew a picture uh, i think it's still hanging up in my in my dad's garage of james bond versus Coldfinger, and it was an eskimo because i i couldn't remember who the care who who it was but i just drew an eskimo with an ice on ice cube on his finger just like on uh, uh all that but i love the james bond play i love that even though this was technically at a time period when james bond hasn't made his big uh 
reboot with Pierce Brosnan just yet, but it was there was a lot of talk about it at the time, so the creators ended up pulling it into all that, which was really fun to see. And um, it was Austin Powers before Austin Powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. It, great, great sketches. I love every. I think there was like three all together, and I loved all three of them. Funnily like enough, I think more. I think oh. Hot Toe was like my favorite mm-hmm. thing that came out of that mm-hmm. whole thing. That's, that was Christy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. All right, Brett, what is one of yours? Uh, well, the first one that I have on my list is a classic uh, right from the get-go of the series. Um, it's something near and dear to my heart because I used to do public access in high school. Um, so uh, my first pick is Cooking with Randy and Mandy. So good. <laughs> And now, Channel 106B presents, live from their own kitchen, Cooking with Randy and Mandy. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> with um, Angelique Bates and Keenan Thompson doing Randy and Mandy uh, proper. And I just, I just love how they seem so serious and so normal for, like, the first minute of their sketch. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, so we're going to make this kick here. It looks pretty nice, doesn't it? I think there's something missing. And then, of course, they just go nuts, throw tons of like chocolate chips, chocolate syrup, you name it all over it. And each each different sketch, they do like a variation of just something wild with chocolate getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Where it's like chocolate statues. You can do like chocolate jacuzzis. There is like one where um, Keenan did the the sketch without um, Mandy because it was like post season two after Angelique had left. Well, we all know how much Mandy loved chocolate. Unfortunately, during a recent chocolatey wild weekend, Mandy lost her mind and consumed 479 pounds of pure milk chocolate. Last I heard, Mandy was locked away in a chocolate rehabilitation facility. We wish her well. And his like grandpappy came to like make a salad, and he's like, "No, no, we don't need a healthy food on here." And then when his grandpappy opens one of the cabinets, it just oozes like a chocolate gush geyser all over him. I'm like, "Wow." That's that's amazing. I'm so glad they have to deal with that and not me because I love chocolate, but not enough to be covered in it because that's really sticky stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just a good time. It's like pure kid junk food visually and literally. And I, I loved every moment whenever it came on TV. Um, of course, you also have Josh Servas, Tandy, who is like the health food nut who tried to calm down. <laughs> Tandy Tandy's is like, one of my <laughs> favorite characters of his. Yeah, I yeah. love Tandy. Wait, what does he do? He's he's like a health nut. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. T- <laughs> Tandy would like bring something healthy as an alternative to the chocolate, and she like. No, I understand you've written your very own cookbook. That's correct, Randy. It's called Vegetables and Such. <laughs> they saved uh, Tandy though, and they put mm-hmm. Tandy in with the like teachers. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And I like. I was just like, yes. Maybe she's the home ec teacher later on. <laughs> but like, they also had um, another one. Cooking with Mandy and Randy is one of my favorites too. Um, 
but uh, the episode when they had Chris Farley. Yes, with the ketchup. Right. He was the ketchup chef. Seeing, seeing Keenan hold his own in a scene with Chris Farley, looking at that as an adult, because I went back and did some rewatching, it was just... I was like this it was so before it's time and like it was you could tell that like chris farley was a good scene partner and was there you know to just be immersed in everything and it's Mm -hmm. so good you gotta do it Yeah, he, yeah. he, I mean, they were just constantly one upping each other in that yeah. sketch with like the chocolate and the ketchup. And Chris Farley just went with full force, like right into whatever there. is in front of him. As he always oh. does. It was magic. And you just have to, him. and you just have to give all that as kudos for, for another crossover, a great crossover performance or mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. how they are able to make these moves. It's like, doesn't really fit in with the rest of the Nickelodeon. Just um, some of the moves, greats. So some of the greats you guys got to have time with you know you had um i mean i was thinking tommy davidson was there a couple times and uh so yeah so like real legitimate comedians would come spend their time and mentor i think really mentor keenan and kel wanted to make sure that they were going to um you know move forward and, and be legends in this game as they are um, but then, you know, just what it meant to us as a cast. Just It's just Chris Farley. I forgot actually about that. That's why I had to mention on that. But I remember seeing that as a kid because I was a huge fan of Chris Farley. Like, oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, everyone that it has a comedic bone in their body should have been a, a fan of his. And, and props to Keenan, too, because doing these skits live, uh, it's it's tough to do it all in one take. And especially whenever you're against a comedic giant like Chris, who goes for the laugh and for Keenan to be able to not not break but also hold his own is you can tell the foundations were there for the career that he has yeah and there's extra pressure there when you have like a a prop like chocolate because you really can only do it so many times Mm -hmm. and like start over from the beginning so a lot of those times you would see Keenan and Kel really knock it out in one or two takes because otherwise it's just like a lot to start from one hell no I mean not starting from one so you know they would if they made a mistake they would just keep going they would edit but they were great at doing everything in in one or two takes so and uh Kylie what is one of yours uh, Super Dude is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, that is what I—that's how I learned what lactose intolerant was. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, same. Like here. I felt so smart after I watched <laughs> Super Dude because I was like, "I'm lactose intolerant." I know what lactose intolerant is. Like it was so great. And then the and what I loved about it, and especially like when I was doing a rewatch, like looking at how it evolved and like like you see with a lot of things where characters kind of get bits because it's something that organically happened and it was funny so it just kind of becomes a bit of the sketch every time and so I love how in the beginning it was just a very simple explanation to what lactose intolerance was because we're all kids and we're like oh okay and then throughout the seasons it then became 
he's lactose intolerant. It's like, there's the, the Western one where it's like, you mean he doesn't like purple? And it's like, no. So it's like the bit got added in to like further explain what lactose intolerance was in a funnier way. He's lactose intolerant. That means he can't handle milk or other dairy products. Lactose intolerant? What's that? What's lactose intolerant? Lactose intolerant means that Super Dude is harmed by dairy products. Um, and the the dairy themed bad guys. And I think yep. honestly, Alex should not be surprised by this. I love Adam West Batman. It's one of my favorites, and it just felt very Adam West Batman, very comic mm. book, beautiful layers to it. You had Milkman, you had Butter Boy. Um, Yo, girl. <laughs> Yo, girl. Cow, cowboy. Like, just, it was so good. And the costuming, that was, again, that's one of my main favorite things about all that is they always went above and beyond on their costumes. And the more outlandish the costume, the more impressive it was every time. And how, 100%. a lot of times they just use these costumes maybe once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the the amount of craftsmanship that would go into some of those, especially like the food themed stuff, or like if somebody was like a semi animal or anything, like everything was top notch. Yeah, I it mean, seemed like this looking. Go ahead. I was gonna just say something really quick about the creative guys that put so much time into those costumes because it really was like a passion you would see on the sket. I mean, on the on 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 the set. And um, those guys are really personable, really fun, and really took it seriously and always got mm. feedback from the cast. And it, that was always a fun part of the creative process, for sure. It, it seemed like they, they used a pretty large portion of their budget for the sets because it seemed to get very elaborate with a lot of their stories. Like, I remember mm. this one vividly from one of the earlier seasons where Penny Lane was, like, in Milkman's, like, barn fortress and yeah. it had like a motorized door to reveal some sort of weird milk container that she was in and it was filling up and super dude had the saber <laughs> from that wait till they get a load of milk i'm just like wow this is this yeah. is really intense. Or the amount of like like projectiles they would do, like even with like with the milk or like all of that, like so much went into it technically. Yeah, I mean there was there was always a lot of experts, I'll say you that. Like they you would see experts come in on a week to week basis, you know, especially when you see animals or something anything that like mm -hmm. that coming in. So there was always new talent and people coming around. And then just com compared to other sets where you would just be like in a school or at a house it was like totally different vibe very creative very fun and um you know for kids like myself it was like it didn't seem like a job at all you know it was like just a big like playground an, an adventure every week they would let you shoot the guns and you know get squirted if you wanted <laughs> all kind of stuff all kind of stuff so definitely some great behind the scenes moments with this with the sets and those costumes always good times i was gonna say leon were you in a couple of super dude sketches yeah, I think I would have been in some. I can't think of any offhand. I know, um, you know, Keenan, he was, I definitely remember him in that super dude outfit. Um, but I can't think of any offhand. But for sure, I was around. 
I was around. I just remember he hated being in them damn types. By the time we were, <laughs> by the time we were doing it, he would be like, "Get me out of this damn costume!" Or he have a robe on half the time. That was probably the number one thing I remember. He was like, as soon as they say cut, man, get me out. Let me sit down somewhere. This is hella embarrassing, you know, as as you can imagine. I hear you. Plus, plus those foam muscles too. I bet those yeah, are making yeah. it even tighter. <laughs> Leon, what is one of your picks and this could be for either one that you enjoy doing the most or have a special memory to or one you enjoyed watching just what's one of your picks yeah no i mean i'll be pretty diplomatic about it i'm not just gonna pick myself every time (laughs) i might might put one in there uh no but for sure um i'm gonna start off with everyday french with prs cargo and now all that presents a semi-educational moment everyday french with prs cargo it really like encapsulates the vibe of the entire mm-hmm. humor of all that. Just because the things he says really don't make sense, but somehow they do make sense. And it's really funny, although it might not be that funny and it might be a little bit insulting or a little bit weird, um, but <laughs> somehow you find a humor in it. Pourquoi tu mentir they are coke de part? Why must you beat me with a pork chop? And also just the freestyle nature of the whole skit. And like every single time I think Keenan, like when he makes up the French language, he's he's like, he's sometimes he doesn't quite know where he's going to go with this stuff. And to be able to watch that. Mm, say twat lady, say the hot dog and hamburgers and pizza and stuff. Mm, this men's room smells wonderful. <laughs> was just always hilarious it was one of those sketches where you know everyone's usually at craft services or they're getting their makeup done i would sit there and just watch that in front of the live audience because it never disappointed and uh i think keenan made some great moments just you know what it is it's his facial expressions Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking into the camera and Mm -hmm. he's he's like Going, you can see him on the edge of laughter yes. throughout the entire sketch. So <laughs> yes. Breaking the fourth wall. And I think it just, you know, it's a peek into the real sense of humor of Keenan Thompson. So I love Pierre Escargo. <laughs> Who are you and why are you wearing my daddy's panties? <laughs> now, obviously, did, did he know? Prior to the recording or or the performance, did he know what the phrases were, or did they just give it to him and then he improved uh, whatever the French phrases were? You know, I think so. I would say in the in the beginning of the week, we would get a script and it would be usually Pierre Escargot was one page, right? Because he really says like five mm-hmm. lines, <laughs> and um, so there would be phrases there, um, but definitely they definitely they would feed him lines throughout the live and just let him say some even kookier things. And he would also freestyle and just get as many takes as they could. Because literally, like I said, it's a one minute sketch, Mm -hmm. but if you give him three minutes while, you know, might as well while we're all sitting here, he comes up with some gold and I'm sure they probably sketched out. They probably stretched out so many of those takes and got extra footage and, you know, extra takes. And, um, you know, Keenan's just, he's great. Just put a camera on him and let him freestyle, he's one of the best. One of the best ad-libbers in the game. <laughs> you can't say that on top. Pardonnez-moi, qu'on pour les nations des éléphants. Excuse me, 
Why is your elephant Mexican? Oh! <laughs> And the thing that I really loved the most about all of those is how he almost breaks himself every on time. so many occasions. And of all the things that you see people almost breaking at or breaking at, it's Pierre. C'est la dumb sheep. It's not my fault your sheep can follow instructions. That, that happens the most. I think only one occasion I can recall where the actors were making each other break, and it was on the Good Burger uh, skit. It, of all things, to almost break it, it was Pierre, and I love it every and single time. he's laughing time. at himself. Yes! yes. He's <laughs> just, like, he just looks like he's having such a good time, or like he starts messing with the bubbles, and something happens that just gets him, and he, like, when he's, like, playing with, like, the big fish in the bubbles, and he just starts laughing at the fact, and then he's like, oh, wait, hold on, I gotta get it, and then I gotta and, go. And see, I never got that. I, I never understood as a kid, how can you laugh at yourself? And uh, <laughs> now doing theater and also, I'm hilarious uh, and, and messing. <laughs> I'll, I'll mess with kids. I, I teach kids at church and I just get stuck in a character. I'll make something up and then I just get stuck in that character. And I don't even think it just happens pure instinct. And the kids will start asking me questions as this character. And then I'll just answer immediately. And as soon as those words leave my mouth, I start cracking up and they start cracking up. I'm like, okay. I get it. I yeah, see where Keenan's coming from now. He's it's full character and it just comes out and as soon as it's done, it's gonna That monkey is sniffing my sister. so one of my, my second pick that I'm going to mention, and I don't even know if there's an official name for it, there probably is, but it, it's the cold open. Uh just mm, before yeah. the uh just before the all that sketch when Kevin comes in, five minutes, people, five minutes, and of course yeah, now the, the theater kid. Intro. Thank you, five. Uh, thank you, five. I want to do that every time he walks in because that's what we do in theater. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you that in ten minutes the show will be starting in five minutes. The, the, they were always so bizarre uh, because it's a peek behind the curtain, so you get to see all the actors be themselves, but at the same time it still dives into some really weird territory um, where just all kinds of crazy things happen. Like the one that you were showing where everybody was being Kevin. There was one where Kevin was fired and he was hiding in the bathroom and all of them had to go find him. And um, the introduction of Amanda and how she was being overly sweet yeah. and nice. And then they ended up ejecting him out of a seat and then everyone was like, oh no, you're cool. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Uh-huh. Amanda, just have one thing to say. Welcome to the cast. Uh, they're, they're all ridiculous and fun. It, it's a perfect open for the show for its, its ridiculous humor. Look, man, you can't be an actor, see, you're a dolphin on a stick. Dolphin. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of life lessons taught in cold opens for sure. I mean, there's always some uh, underlying jokes that are great. And um, yeah, I mean, make Kevin a star. And I, I, what I think is really interesting at it is that we use our our regular our real names so mm -hmm. like you said there's it's a, a peek into behind the curtains but then also it really gives us a it makes it personalizes us and i think mm -hmm. it was a uh, interesting it's just an interesting take on primetime television it's not not too many times you'll see stuff like that outside of like a saturday night live or mm -hmm. one of those shows that kind of been reality so i think and, it was i think it was also kind of educational for kids because it's like yeah, it's like, oh, there's there's a kid doing something, but it's like it kind of gave you without much difficulty the explanation of, oh, you know, this is Lori Beth. She is Lori Beth, but she's playing all these characters and it kind of explains how TV works mm -hmm. in in a fun way. And it's right. like, I don't know, I really connected with that because I was like, oh, that's what I, I can do that. And that made me want to do things like theater because I was like, I want to try that um, and kind of delve into that. It was really it was very intelligent. And I loved it. Yeah, that was one of the things that I appreciated the most of it, because I've always been fascinated with how movies and TV shows are made. And uh, as a kid, I couldn't separate character from artist uh it, it, it ironically of all places it wasn't until mighty Morphin power rangers where i learned that they're not the same because they they used to have those uh public service announcements at the end of the episode yeah. they, they don't have those and you can't find them anywhere except maybe on youtube but there was one where uh the characters characters the the actors bulk and skull were were playing golf and uh they started arguing and the other kid that was with them was starting to encourage bulk, you know, knock his knock knock his block off or something, and then he's like, "I'm not going to do that." It's like, well, you do that all the time on the show, yeah. That, but I'm not that guy. I'm not I play them. that. I play that character, and he started, and and that was mind blowing to me, as as what six seven years old. But whenever I got to watch this show, and I got to see behind the scenes, you don't see that on Saturday Night Live, and this all that has been unofficially dubbed the Saturday Night Live for kids. But even on Saturday Night Live, you never really see the actors behind behind the scenes sketches where they're as themselves, a, a caricature of themselves. It's probably happened a few times, but not on a regular basis. And you get to see the, the camera crew on occasion that they you see how a TV show is made from the perspective of an audience. Uh, my second pick is from one of the later few seasons, season four through six, if I remember correctly, and uh, involves a certain character who doesn't like to do homework and, uh, and a certain puppet who likes to enjoy everything like he's on Sesame Street. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about Have a Nice Day with Leroy and Fuzz. <laughs> hey, kids, it's time to have a nice day with Leroy. Let me tell you about something that irritates me. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure your list has grown since those days. Oh, <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah. I, I really love this one from the get-go when I saw the, like, season four open up and change things up a bit. Just because it 
it gave me a, a sense of something familiar because I used to watch Sesame Street when I was a really young kid and even with my younger brother. Um, but then you had a little bit of that attitude infused of the modern time like with hip hop culture and it's, your your performance may remind me a lot of like the characters Goo and Alfie on My Brother and Me. So it's Love it's them. got the attitude with that <laughs> innocence clashing together and it, it just it puts a big smile on my face every time I watched it. Um, I, I just remember one in particular that really made me laugh is like it had the, the sketch had something to do with laundry and you put fuzz into this like miniature laundry washer look buzz you struck and i was rolling on the floor laughing no i mean uh, the ingenuity that went into each week, like they would build, um, they would build toilets. Like you said, they would build um, slingshots. They would build, a, I would put him on a drill bit. He would spin around. Um, I, no. <laughs> I would put him in a washer. I think, um, I don't know, washed him like clothes. That was the laundry episode. Just every week, obviously, that was the gag is he had to make this grand exit that just ruined his life. Go to sleep, shut your eyes. La 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 la. So fun to do, great topics, and I think, you know, very underrated. I would say a little bit, just a little bit underrated in, in the atmosphere and the um, of all that, but you know, uh, I, I'm very grateful to, to be able to start in that uh, particular sketch and to have a signature sketch. Mm -hmm. um, and so shout out to everyone that, that made that dream come true. Um, and, but it's just, um, yeah, I think it's a great, obviously I think it's great. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> it's for you. Ooh, who, who is it? Pain. Yeah, look, before we get off it, I'll tell you right now, I actually remixed it with a couple episodes, Lee Boy and Fuzz on YouTube. Nice. Uh, just Sweet. go ahead and shout out Lee Boy and Fuzz. There they go, actually, right there. Zion, and so it went, yeah, it went a little bit dark. You know what I'm saying? This is like during the pandemic <laughs> times. And we've there was some we've grown a lot. Topics. We got to cover some scary things. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I dig on Joe Biden and Donald Trump, all of them. Uh, so it got a little political, a little crazy. Got into the COVID, and that's when I'm like, I got to stop this. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep digging a hole here. Can't be a social uh, commenter on all this. But I think it was, um, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great premise to any skit and um a, a lot of fun conversation that goes down about so many different topics so it's it's so funny like again through through my rewatch going back and it's like when i was a kid i was like no he's making sense he's talking about the things that i care about and now as an adult and i was like yeah no i would have beat that dumb puppet up too and then as an adult i'm like oh but sweetheart no we can't we can't do those things like you have to have a bedtime and i'm like oh why are you so mean to fuzz like he's just trying to help you out it's, i love it it's great it lives yeah. through the ages isn't it great
And it's not, I mean, I mean, bringing it up with the kids, obviously I have to show my kids. I have a five and seven year old, It's very important. Uh, but it's not a, the greatest parenting tip. As you mentioned, <laughs> as far as bedtime, washing the dishes, doing your homework, brushing your teeth, um, going to the doctor, any of these things. <laughs> if you plan on having them be a part of society and a functioning human being, probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, but, uh, but it is a great, comedy sketch that's good yeah, yeah. Uh, i i do want to say and i guess we can call it the elephant in the room uh because whenever all that is concerned and especially with 90s nick fans there is very much a consensus of the later seasons aren't as good as the first seasons mm. uh and and that happens a lot uh i mean we we get that with doug uh, the the Nickelodeon episodes are better than the Disney episodes, and that they're just going purely on their their nostalgic memory. Uh, I had gone and watched the entire series a couple of years ago, and uh, I will admit, the later seasons I, they they really weren't as good as, and, and I think it was when they had the change of writers. I think it was also when. I hate to say the name, but when Ben Schneider started getting more and more control over all that, and and it was less Brian and 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 Dan, because uh, the comedy was beginning to shift, uh, and it wasn't necessarily the cast, because the later seasons the cast is really trying, and and they do a, a very commendable job. Just the content wasn't as good, but I will say in the later seasons with when Leroy and Fuzz was coming out. The episodes overall, the season overall, was was subpar for the most part. But there was still, there was some good comedy in there. You just gotta yeah. wade through some mediocre, some mediocrity, but you'll find some good stuff. And Leroy and Fuzz is definitely one of the highlights. And I agree with you, Leon. It is an incredibly underrated sketch in the history of all that. And because uh, uh, Sam. He started watching uh, the the OGs, and and that that was about all he saw for a while because I, I told you he watched the first episode of Salute Your Shorts, and he will hardly watch any other episodes. He gets started on the start and doesn't move any further. So I'm like, no, <laughs> dude, get and I get my phone out and I start showing him some other ones, and I showed him a couple of all of the Leroy and Fuzz. Oh, he belly laughed. I swear he belly laughed more at Leroy and Fuzz than he did Good Burger. He loved. Leroy and Fuzz, uh, which then I guess the Good Burger is more memorable to him because he's watched the movie dozens of times. But as far as the sketches go, he has laughed more at Leroy than at Ed. Well, you know, I appreciate that, man. But it, it does really hit a younger demographic, though. Different. It does. Like you, it does. And so, and so when you're talking about topics like brushing your teeth, very relatable. <laughs> to mm. like seven to nine, seven to ten. That's like... <laughs> Prime business homework and yep. babysitters. Oh, you know, I was feeling my babysitter on the show. I don't even know if you remember. <laughs> Another reason I don't like babysitters. <laughs> Stop the sketch. Who are you? I'm a new babysitter. <laughs> my luck, I was saying, babysitters can be cool. Uh, I do uh, remember that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was the, the topics are great. The topics are great. I wish we could see more. Hopefully, they'll have some kind of reprise. But if not, go check out mine on some adult topics. Uh, Kylie, what is one of your picks? CJ and the Cloudy Nights. As y'all know, my name is CJ of the funky, funky group CJ and the Cloudy Nights. All right. Are y'all feeling the funk? 
It's so good. And like, call your cousin Marty. like just everyone being such a different character but like I think part of the reason I connected with that is when I was little um I got immersed into a whole all of worlds of music and my dad was a big like 70s funk Mm -hmm. listener so I listened to some disco and 70s (laughs) funk and old school jazz and like I had a lot of exposure to that. So like seeing that I felt like I understood an extra layer of it. And like Josh as uh as Julius was just like the the random it's Juicy like Julius. Yeah, like that just that stereotypical like the random white dude thrown in. Thrown <laughs> in so baby he's yes. <laughs> Whoa man, I can't go out there like this. My fro just ain't working with me. I can't get it to groove, baby. It was uh it was it's one of my favorites every time. And like when you guys would argue about what you're gonna call the band and like just so funny. We should call it Antoine and the Cloudy Night. Cause I got the hippest move. Hold it, fat cats. I just done did pull the pussycat out my fro. That's why the group shall be called Julius and the Cloudy Nights. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was CJ in the Cloudy Nights. um, And definitely, when people ask me what my favorite sketch is, a lot of times I do mention that. um, Obviously, because... um, I didn't get to star in a lot of sketches, especially alongside Keenan and Kel and Josh, Danny, um, I think Zach, well, not Danny, there was Zach was in there, um, Christy was in there, so very seldom that I actually got to star, in in theory, because really I believe uh, Keenan was definitely leading a lot of that. All of us, all of us definitely participated. It's an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. But to be named the star in that, I always accredited that as one of my favorite times. And I got to sing like in Mike, Mike, Mike Jackson. You yeah. Know, I yeah, that's what it I loved about it. It felt like the Jackson. My, yeah, uh, it did feel very Jackson 5-esque. Yeah, he's one of my so biggest good. influences, just being in the industry in general, just wanting to be um, famous or a celebrity. You gotta, You gotta love Mike. So uh, that was great to have my own interpretation of that, too. Yoko is loco. And Yoko is loco. I don't know. It's a lot of, it's a couple of one-liners <laughs> in there that is hilarious. And then, of course, you know, you got the can of Earl, I mean, hairspring sheen. Aquanet. Yeah, yeah Aquanet. Everybody's got it that was, flowing the whole time. Um, it yeah, was Christy one of those that you got a lot of adult humor in that mm. I, I think every once in a while, especially looking back as a as an adult and going mm. through it again you get those layers extra layers that nick always had nick always had smart humor under even under the like really messy just gross scenes there was still that level of intelligent humor but like it was one of those words you know that that was one of those sketches that they made to try and reach out for some of the parents and be like this is something you can connect with your kid on as well you know leon what is one of yours man i'm gonna cheat here 
I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm just gonna take a whole bunch of skits and sketches and characters and create my whole little thing here and just say all the school scenes, every school character. Yeah. It should be done more like this, maggot. <laughs> have a question because there, there are questions about this because some of them really don't mix the universes mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um for example miss piddling and <laughs> a principal pimpel right they're yeah. both yeah. in school scenes but is miss fingerly in the same high school as principal pimpel did she ever interact with miss piddling not sure there how about coach Creighton? i right? don't know does he mix in with uh was, did he mix in with Pimpel? I think he might have been Pizza Face and Earboy was mixed in with Yeah. Pimpel. It's about time you pop that pimple. Oh, every time I look at it, it made me think of the moon. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. The only thing worse than that old crazy looking pimple is my sad, miserable life. <laughs> Principal Pimpel, if you're going to be gone for two weeks, who will take charge of Dolmont? It's like loose threads. You, you kind of think they fit together, but you're not quite sure. And then and, you throw um, in me. I, I, I was uh, Billy Fuko a couple times. I'm Billy Fuko! <laughs> Danny, I think Danny, these are his probably my favorite sketches of Danny is whenever he's in the classroom going back and forth with Miss mm -hmm. uh, Fingerly. He's pretty funny at that, just being himself. And then one of my favorite sketches is me versus Coach Creighton, Hoodoo Doll. We're in the uh, yes. we're in the classroom scene with Miss Fingerly. So all the school scenes, going back to Pimp, Pimpel, right. um, <laughs> and Keenan has some great behind-the-scenes moments when Pimpel. Um, obviously, Keenan's like one of my favorite comedians. And then just the physicality of Kel Mitchell inside these classrooms as Coach Creighton falling She's... out of the windows, moving out desks <laughs> out the way, falling behind the desk, slime getting slimed, getting killed, and all kind of things. Everything has happened to Kel inside these classrooms. <laughs> So I will just say every classroom scene all put together in my own Lee Boy universe. That's my answer. But they do really feel like their own shared sketch. It, it's yeah. It's like a central hub of all that, uh, where all the characters eventually mingle and then go off to their own side uh, sketches. I never questioned it. that they weren't all mm -hmm. like, I was just like, oh, no, they're in school. Like, oh, yeah, that's just or like when like Earboy, it was like, oh, that's another part of the school. These are the same people, you know. Or like when they would take Miss Fingerly, um, like randomly when you guys had the um, the Wild West sketch and like, yeah. it, they just stuck her in there and they're like, Miss Fingerly, what are you doing? And she's like, I have no idea. And it's just like. <laughs> what? Well, Miss Fingerly, what are you doing here in the O Wild West? I have no idea. Of course, because... no. She she's definitely there. Like the school the school scenes were so good.
one of uh, my other picks, and uh, it, <laughs> it ask Ashley. Hi everyone, it's time for Ask Ashley. Uh, mm. I absolutely loved that one. I I felt uh, good or bad. I had a terrible, terrible temper uh, whenever the show came out. Uh, I. Patience was not something I had, but I ended up developing, oddly enough, in junior high, uh, elementary school, I, that there was none. So anytime I had to deal with people who were just inept, I would, I would snap. Yes, Robert, I do have a little advice for you. Wear a stinking sweater! <laughs> So I, and I also related to Ren of, of all of all characters. Uh, so yeah. Ren and Ashley put together. I was like, I love both of these characters. Uh, it would have been kind of fun to see a crossover between those two in some form. Uh, I think the world might explode if that happened. <laughs> but uh, it, that reached a point where it got so popular that the kids were saying. That's me, right alongside uh, Amanda. Dear Ashley, that's me! <laughs> I mean, we were saying it at home, uh, mm -hmm. along with everyone. Uh, I haven't seen an audience get so into characters on screen before. I think the only other time I saw an audience really connect with a character that profoundly was... Uh, around the third or fourth season of Seinfeld, whenever Kramer would just enter, the crowd would go freaking nuts. Yeah. Uh, they actually had to get to a point where the, the crew would tell them, okay, don't lose your mind when Kramer comes in because you're taking up screen time. <laughs> uh, but th to see that for the first time, really, audiences were also saying along uh, things with the cast, that was really cool to see. But we knew she was going to flip her lid. We knew there were going to be stupid questions and we knew she was just going to lay into them. And it's just beautiful every single time. Maybe you ought to use a stinking parachute. Stink parachute, you free falling lug nut. But if your parachute doesn't open, try to land on Christina Maniacci in Brooklyn. Maybe if you whack her in it hard enough, she'll be able to figure out that she's got a stinking little brother. Um, I think the first, the very first time she ended up smacking the camera at one point. Eugene, come here. Closer, closer, a little bit closer. Take us uh, Also something you never really get to see very much, but uh, it, it's it's a classic. And for for very good reason. Yeah, Amanda's signature sketch, I'd say. Like, mm -hmm. that's the first thing that comes to mind when she's on the show. Yeah, I mean, and I think her performance in that sketch in general is what catapulted her and eventually got her her own show because it's it's one of the strongest performances on all that period. She's there by herself, solo in the scene. I mean, similar to what I was not, you know, in Leroy and Fuzz, I had at least was able to lean on the puppet and all these props. She literally has a piece of paper mm -hmm. and she's just screaming. It's just her. It's a very Chris Farley-esque type mm -hmm. 
um, you know, ability that she has to to show you these layers and really take it there and not not break character. She was um I, I, I think it's like I said, one of the best performances on all that uh in period. So uh shout out to to uh, big sis, slightly big sis. She's only a little bit older than me, Amanda Bonds. Mm-hmm. Hope all is well with her and you know, she definitely deserves her flowers for how great she was in that sketch. What's up, Lee Boy? Christy, what's up, sis? Yo, Love you. dude, I'm tight hot <laughs> at the fact that my Zoom is being, you know. We were just dead in the middle of Ask Ashley talk, and I was talking about how- Oh, word? The- yeah, Ask Ashley, it was always a big one for me. Mm. I connected with that really, really ah. hard. And it was it was one of the few that was, um, it was a female, like, a female-centric skit. Like, that and- um, I'll talk about whatever girls later, but like those were two I really connected with um, that like Lori Beth's stuff was funny because it was on that kind of like cerebral level, like with mm-hmm. her jokes about, you know, vital information and stuff. But like with Ask Ashley and whatever girls, it was just there was something about it being women being funny and you didn't need anyone else in that scene. And if they were, they were there for a moment and then they were gone that I just connected with as a little girl. With the, with, you know, I've always been a huge, like a huge fan of Lori Betts. So like when you talk about vital um, and you were saying like, you know, her lines, yeah, she had like, you know, the writers provided the lines. Right. But like, um, and I know, I know Leon will attest to this, but like, it was the delivery. The Let's delivery, be honest. Delivery, yes. If it's the last thing you do, guess what? You're dead. <laughs> Very jokingly, and I love the writers. Love you, Heath Seifert. Love you, Kevin Coppolo. Love all the writers of all that. Um, but <laughs> yo, Keenan and Kel would always be like, "Kill the writers," you know, <laughs> jokingly, <laughs> jokingly like walk through the set with like blue pages. You know, which meant like it was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday and there were revisions from table from table read. And it was like, kill the writers. <laughs> like, you know, um, not really, because, of course, they they, of they, course. they yes. gave us incredible um, meat. I'm a vegetarian, but I'm just saying they gave us a lot to work with. And but it was up to us. Right. And that was like the reason why we were invited but just in general, though, our relationship with the writers and being able to go back and forth in characters and them being open to criticism is what even allowed those type of conversations and jokes to happen, right? I don't know. They were, totally. It was always a great time building with the with the writing staff. And it, was to- it was a total build. Um, it was just like we did have a lot of input in that area. Um, like even like you mentioned the Whatever Girls, um, you know, I- I've mentioned on um, in other interviews that um, the whatever girl started from the Dr. Bynes sketch. And what is all the dirt mud about? Oh, I was just outside burying something. <laughs> well, what were you burying? Just, never mind. So many, all the girls, aside from Amanda, have been the dental assistant. Mm-hmm. for the sketch called Dr. Bynes, featuring Josh Server, the crazy dentist. The sketch is actually called Bad Dentist. 
and he's, you know, spastic and all that. Um, and so when it, you know, when I joined the, uh, when I joined the, uh, cast, um, the first thing I, you know, I mean, I am a character person. I do like 70 different voices, like voices, dialects. Um, that's why I was brought in to, to cast because I do a ton of different, like, that's my thing. Um, so if you, even if it's a very small part, I'm going to try and spin it. So, yeah. So, so when they were like, you know, you know, the line was like, okay, Dr. Bynes, which is the way most people read it because the feature was, was, was Dr. Bynes. I mean, that was all. But I was like, okay, Dr. Bynes. Thanks a lot, Jenny. Oh, Dr. Bynes, you're so welcome. One of and the writers favorite. lost it. I was like, what? <laughs> and so because of that, you know, uh, blip or what have you, character character blip, I was like, Ugh. you know, and it was just like, I don't know where it came from. It literally, you know, it was straight freestyle. And um, and then they then they developed uh, whatever from that bizarre character. That little tidbit, like now that I know is a fun fact, makes me so happy because <laughs> I was like, that I, was long-winded as hell, Christy. No, I, I am here for it because I never, I love Josh and so many things, but one of my least favorite characters is Dr. Bynes. And I think it's just because huh. he was always so dirty. But <laughs> when you played his dental assistant, I would watch it. Like even now mm. as an adult going back and I was like, oh, like that is one of my favorite things, especially huh? after you joined was Keenan and Keenan and Cal, everybody kind of had their own brand of comedy, but I feel right. like I feel like Josh had a tendency and like you, you didn't necessarily catch it as a kid, but like Josh could just transform into so many different things with the different. He's the longest running cast member for a reason. <laughs> um, how's it going, Tandy? How do you do, Rundy? <laughs> because. His face is basically a nasty pizza, and, and my ears are the size of truck wheels. Now with Super Dude out of the way, I can pursue my lifelong dreams of bothering people all over the world! <laughs> Look you, I ordered my food ten minutes ago! Now if my lovely family sitting right over there doesn't get their food in three minutes, Bernie Kibbich is gonna become very angry! Yeah, but then when you came in, I felt like you were right there with him because you mm. guys were just all over the board and like every single scene, like you said, you were something different. There were different voices. It was like, especially for me as a young kid, like it mm -hmm. was something I could really imitate. And it, it, it mm. definitely helped me in theater by having these different examples that I was watching because it was something I wanted to watch to be able to be like, oh, that's different. How do I do that? And it's just like, that's so cool. It was so, it was so good. Like, it's just, it's so good. Christy, what is, uh, in, in, it could be one that you enjoyed watching. It could be one that you enjoyed performing. Uh, anything. What is one of your favorite all that sketches? Um. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'll just because it's just personal. I mean, I know there are ones that I've watched that I'm like, mm -hmm. 
you did it. Um, but you know, when you're on, it's like, okay, you're, it's just a weird thing. It's like, you're just, maybe it's not weird, but you know, you're kind of connected to what your, your work, your, your work is. Right. Um, my first season, season four, I was like, what the hell was, why did they hire me? Like, you know, this is bad. When I looked at my work, you know, some of the early Brenda Stone stuff was just nauseating for me. I'm just being honest. Um, not Josh, me. Oh, well, you seem to be getting a great tan. Tan, Brenda? I have a blistering third-degree sunburn. It hurts to blink. <laughs> Ray, you too much. So when they gave Brenda Stone her soul, I was like, for real? <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> but then I loved it. You know, so my fifth and sixth seasons, I was like, okay, you know what? You're coming too. You're waking up. Um... And so I'll, in answer to your question, when I did a character, uh, her name is Gloria Bankhead. And, you know, she had this blonde wig and, you know, just very Martha Stewart-esque attire. And she was completely insane. When I'm upset, nothing cheers me up more than arts and crafts. <laughs> Not yet, Andre. <laughs> That's right, arts and crafts. Now, Andre. But when I look back at her, I'm not disappointed. And I remember even being on set in between scenes. Like, it was, I mean, she, she was dressed, but we weren't ready to shoot any Brenda Stone scenes, scenes until, like, you know, 4 o'clock. And this is, you know, 12 p.m. And I'm before lunch. And I'm like, hey, I'm already in character. Andre, no one wants to see you. It's my show! Where was I? She was just insane, you know. She would turn, she would turn a semi-nuclear particle conductor and a an old used magazine into a puppy dog, and then I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I loved it, you know. I oh, I've always loved um, Leon. <laughs> I've always loved Leroy and Fuzz. It just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just like, now people be like, why are you putting that black child and making him angry? <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna make him angry. You got an LLQJ American. Why are you wearing a lime green velour shirt? You know it's hot in LA. You know. Um, but I, <laughs> come on, Leah. But I loved, you know, I thought it was great. Um, I love Lee. Um, I'm not just saying that because you're here, um, Leon, but I'm saying I did love. Leroy Fuzz loved Vital. If your grandmother gives you a pretty new sweater, it's rude to thank her by wrapping the sweater around her face and squeezing till she turns blue. Pretty much anything Lori Beth did, um, <laughs> because I just thought she was fantastic. I love Coach Creighton. How you doing, little baby? Hey, I'm back.
not only the physicality of the Kyle Mitchell, but Coach Creighton's whole thing. Like, he's so funny. Like, oh, he's <laughs> and like you, you wanted to be insulted by Coach Creighton. You're like, all I want to see is that big black tooth in the middle, and please insult me. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and like he was so real too at times, and it was just like little things. Like one time he complained about having to go to the teachers' meeting at night because all he wanted <laughs> to do was be home and watch Baywatch. And I was like, right. oh my God, I right? also don't like doing things at night. I want to be in my home and do nothing but stare at a TV <laughs> for a couple hours. Yeah. Like it was so good. He was able to go from like zero to 10 in a heartbeat. And I remember watching earlier today, this sketch, I think it was from season four called, what do you do? Or something to that extent where you're what the host of this. Yep. Yeah. your guest. Oh yeah. All right, now, 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 let me get this straight. Now, if uh, Ghost Queen guesses what Kaylee Kaylee does, the little Kaylee Kaylee doesn't get to pick pretty doll house. That's right. <laughs> and then I remember like Principal Pimpel, Miss Fingerly, Coach Creighton, and Kevin were all on the panelists, kind of like a, yes. a faux figure it out type game. Yep. And I just remember him just getting so upset that he didn't get the answer right that he put Kevin <laughs> in a headlock and just went bananas. And then <laughs> your character gave him the points. And then I just remember him like rubbing it in Amanda's face that she didn't win the Malibu Stacy kind of dollhouse right. prize. No, 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 let me go again, let me go again. Oh, I practiced that, like it was some kind of weird practice. I knew it, I knew it. Um, I, I passed to Coach Creep. <laughs> now, Kaylee, do you make lobsters? He was introduced not as part of the school. The first, I think, when I was looking back and going through it, the first one that I remember seeing was like him, Katrina was playing a little girl whose cat was stuck in a tree. So it's yeah. like, yes. Yeah, it was just like random. And he was like, every time the cat kicked his butt, every time he climbed up this tree, but every time she'd get upset, he's like, no, okay, I'm sorry, I'll help you. Like he would get so angry, but always he was, like you said, he was never creepy or, or, or anything. Even when he was being mean, like he wasn't cruel. He was just right. there right. and it was so Hilarious. good. <laughs> Kel's physicality, like knows his physical humor knows no bounds. Like yeah. that those two combined is just perfect. Um and one I wanted to say I'll add um something that just just I thought of um about you know the writers and you know the producers but i'm just thinking of the writers because you know they insert these characters that come back right um it's like when we first start a car a particular character like you know when that 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 character is incepted um you know maybe it's not the strongest at it's at the inception of some of these characters you know we may not be blown away at our work but then as they grow it's like oh my gosh i'm so glad the writers um saw something Maybe they saw something that I didn't see or Leon didn't see or, you know, when I say I, I mean we um, didn't see 
in our own work. And then they were like, no, you know what? We can, you know, like even with the whatever girls. I mean, you know, I mean, Jessica was just spastic. We're going to have a Leonardo DiCaprio party. <laughs> with real, real, like amazing things to decorate our party with. Yeah, Seth was swiped from Leonardo DiCaprio's actual trash. <laughs> now this is a genuine newspaper towel. Look at the splotches of barbecue sauce. I've always enjoyed the Whatever Girls. I'll have to say that may be my second. Uh, I've all, I loved working with, you know, we got to work with Kobe. And um, so that was that was powerful. I've got an idea. What? Jenna, um, why don't we pour Kobe here something called Tedarenka? Oh, hey. Oh, Okay, like here, Kobe's a nice glass of punch for you. Oh, I'm like so sorry. He was such a gentleman. And we didn't just, you know, he was there all day, Kobe. You know, even my mom was like, Kobe. I'm like, Mom, go, you, my mom did not stay on set with me. I had a guardian and stuff. She would come because she's a teacher. So she would come sometimes, you know, <laughs> she, she could get away. You made sure so was, she, she was like, there Kobe. on Kobe day, though. Kobe, I'm like, Mom. Uh, Kylie, yes. what is what is one of your picks? Um, I will go ahead and say, just in case we get too busy later, I will say, I think my all-time favorite sketch, and it was very, very hard to pick, but I think it's Miss Pidlin. Tell Miss Pidlin what you think of the pizza. Mmm, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Just pretty good. Well, you know, I mean, they're fine. I mean, they're just fine, Miss Pinlin. Oh, they got fine. I realized that on my rewatch was like, I was like, how did Miss Pinlin not exist until season four? Like, right? it was so <laughs> good. She? Some as she wasn't, she didn't exist until season four, and there is something oh. about. And it, I, I don't know, you know, what, like, Keenan growing up, but being that young and to really be able to tap into an adult woman. Like, he, it was... No, he, and, he was probably, he was definitely pulling from somebody's yes, grandma. Yes, and somebody. you could tell. You could tell because, like, you know, he, he did so many different things, but there was something about Miss Pidlin that, like... Yes. It was just so good. And like the way he would say different words. And it's like, yes, he has heard that growing up from someone. Like that is definitely an imitation of things that he is so familiar with. Hello, my pretty little angel. You gonna get a chicken breast, some macaroni and cheese, a corn muffin, and some peas. Oh, no thanks on the peas. Excuse me? The man is a natural, okay? It's, I mean, he's... A natural. He went from all that, and, and like, now he's on SNL. Like, he... But no, Miss Pidlin is hands down my all-time favorite sketch, and it's so funny because I hate peas, but, like, I wanted to <laughs> like peas. Is something wrong? Just your attitude! <laughs> Get on out of here and stay out, you science! Go on, let's eat up! Go on! <laughs>
and like some of my favorites are like especially like whenever Danny Tamborelli would come through the line like in the peas and carrots episode like she yes. got obliterated with food some peas <laughs> I don't know what would be worse. Some of the like weird sticky goo you guys would have in different like sketches here or there, or just getting smashed by probably yeah. room temperature peas. <laughs> like and they were, ears, they were definitely. <laughs> they were getting everywhere, right? They were getting and, your well, ears and your eyes. And watching, and watching and like the next person come in and like, I, you can tell that everybody's like stay in the scene, but like they're trying to look on the floor and like not slip. <laughs> Woo, Hi, Miss Piddlin. What's up, Miss Piddlin? Well, hello there, my little gumquats. When oh. Keenan has not been paying attention to how many peas he's throwing, but it's not time for <laughs> Josh's who, uh, is it Julio? Yes, who doesn't? But, but still, I just need to. Children cannot live without peas. Uh, of course, this is true, Miss Piddlin, but I still need to. Why are you arguing me? You don't like peas? Keenan's like having to All do scared. big things with like little tiny amounts of peas, which makes it even funnier. Like, yes. just comedy. No, I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm so happy that you brought Miss Pizzlin up because that is my third, also. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, so no, good. and it was a pleasure if you saw, if you saw, like, because we would always get our script for the following week every Friday night, like, after, you know, after we would wrap, you know, we would get our script to kind of study for the weekend and then table read would be on Monday. And if we saw that we were in a scene with, at least for me, if I saw that I was in a Miss Pidlin scene, like I was in another scene with Nick Cannon and we were supposed to be like judges of like these food. And I was, all of a sudden, I was just, you know, this lovely sort of British lady. And all of a sudden, oh yes, darling. Oh, and I love, oh yes. Oh, 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 oh. And I was, you know, we were supposed to be entirely very posh and proper and all that. And he, and Miss Pidlin coming. Oh, you like some peas, you know, it's like, it was an odd, it was like such a pleasure to see, like, to be part of any scene that Keenan was in, and particularly Miss Pitlin. Oh, like, and, and don't forget the song. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> Give peace a chance. <laughs> oh, we are saying. <laughs> Give peace a chance. What is uh, what is one of your picks, bub? One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, and we've I've had a couple great mentions. We went through the the great gambit, and I think we this did come up one time in the episode. But uh, one of the f- most classic characters, and one a sketch that I actually got to participate in as well. Repairman, man, man, yes. man, man. I'm repairman, man, man. <laughs> I mean, it's very similar to Coach Creighton in the physicality when it comes to Kel, but then it's just a whole different spin when you come up right. with the the jokes that are that are repairmen, right? He he's supposed to be fixing it, and obviously he just makes it worse. Hey, watch out! Oh, watch out! 
And worse and worse, and uh, you just can't watch, uh, help but watch the um, the car crash. <laughs> I can repair that. No! 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 He's looting! Somebody call security! That guitar won't be out of tune anymore. Not a guitar anymore. Who cares, dude? The audience loves it. And uh, that hair, and then uh, obviously the mouth. <laughs> okay, wait. to be in that sketch too. Uh, <laughs> underrated moment from Lee Boy. Well, I think I'm gonna need a second opinion. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but what was that? That was me. <laughs> Love y'all. Thank you all. And you guys are in great hands with Christy. Appreciate you. Invite me back anytime. I love you, Leon. Thank you, Leon. Happy anniversary. <laughs> appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Love y'all. You guys are awesome. I'm just really grateful that um, you guys even wanted to talk to us. Um, and, you know, I'll speak for myself. Um, I'm very grateful for that. I'm fully humbled um, just by the generosity of your invitation. And, um, <clears throat> I, I can't wait to uh, speak with you guys again. Very, very wonderful to meet you, Brett and Kylie and Alex. And keep in touch, you guys. You will do. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, with Leon and uh, Christy now no longer uh, in the episode, thank you so much to both of you for being here uh, when, uh, now that you're hopefully watching this episode. Uh, we're going to finish our picks. Uh, I've already said my three. Brett, what is your final pick for the night? Ooh, this is a tough choice, but uh, I think I have to go back to the past for some of the earlier seasons uh, because this one really struck a chord with me. I don't know why. I think it was the imagery. But I'm going to go with Walter the Ear Boy. I don't know. I just I find weird things really entertaining, and there's no rhyme or reason why he has big ears. It was never explained as far as I know, but I love seeing him wrestle with his, like, differences in school because i know we all have some insecurities about ourselves, and that's just exaggerated to the nth degree so we can relate there but also you have these really interesting cast of characters that that also connect with him too like pizza face played by kel mitchell egghead four eyes played by angelique bates tinsel teeth by elisa reyes so on and so forth and then of course you have the great ross pro who's like this grand sage guru figure to evoy for god knows why <laughs> <laughs> he's always there played by the great Christina Johnson just giving him a non-stop speech of this harebrained scheme to follow no no bullies never bother me because I know Kung Pao Weenie Kung Pao Weenie Kung Pao Weenie it's an ancient art of weenie combat if and I teach you Kung Pao Weenie you can whoop anybody you want I should teach it sure this. 
you know, everything usually works out in the end. And the sketch in particular from the Earboy series that stood out to me is like, how are you going to make Earboy look cool when everyone's like fashion fly at school? And <laughs> of course, Ross Perot get this crazy idea to drill into his ear and give him like a camping lantern as a as a earring. Like, who thinks of that? Stand over yonder. I want to see if I can check this grapefruit through that big hole. I, I kind of just wanted to put an earring in here. Am I talking French? Am I spewing mercies or bonjours? You'll get your earring. But it's going to have to be a doozy to fill that humongous hole. <laughs> and also, I tried putting a camping lantern in my ear because of that, and I couldn't get it to stay. <laughs> And, and going along with things were just weird uh, in the in that whole sketch was his best friend was Pizza Face. Look, mm-hmm. when we were talking about the costumes earlier, the things they did, especially in the Ear Boy, like mm-hmm. the way they did the prosthetics, and they looked, they didn't just look like something was stuck on their face, like mm-hmm. terrifying, like nightmare level terrifying, but so good at the same yes. time. Oh, hey, you guys better not mess with us. I know Kung Pao Weenie. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I just think all those actors played their roles to perfection, even if it was a simple, weird little sketch in the corner that sometimes show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kylie, what is your final pick? We will have a section for honorable um, mentions. Um, 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 I think I'm going to have to just like Brett take it back to the classics and say loud librarian can you believe her quiet why are you talking this is a library (laughs) (laughs) that was on my if i had an extra time i was gonna say that one too loud librarian just so funny just and each time it got bigger and more ridiculous mm-hmm. like every time you're like how are they gonna top her you know like watching a loud you know soap opera or like vacuuming the children or you know like how are they <laughs> gonna top it and like at one point she's got a baby and she's yelling at the baby because the baby's crying like just kept building it, it was funny every time <laughs> One of the things, like, earlier when Christy was talking about Laurie Beth, I think the reason Laurie Beth is such a standout for me is you very rarely saw her like she was about to break. She had the ability to just be so stoic. (laughs) Some would say this glass is half empty. Some would say it's half full. I say... that it just made things even funnier and the couple times that you do catch her where it's like right before the camera's gonna pan and you see her start to smile we're just like the gold in there because it's like oh there it happened like it did happen you know it was so good Mm -hmm. 
yeah, Loud Librarian was also one of my picks. It was also Sam's number four pick because he was telling me before we did the Good episode. Uh, he he also loves that one. I'm pretty sure that's in Megan's top three. She loved uh, Loud Librarian. I think the loudest she ever got that I witnessed her is she was revving up like a Harley Davidson. Yes, like yes, in the library. library. Yes, and I'm like, where are you going to drive that? Yeah. <laughs> We've even referenced that every time we go to the library. Of course, we we whisper yell. Right. Yeah, we'll do that all the time. But uh, we we still have quite a bit uh, that we would love to at least address, but we'll do that here in a bit. Uh, we are going to take a break from snicking for a minute. We're going to go uh, repop some popcorn and get ready for the rest of the snick block. So we're going to head out for a commercial break, and we'll come back with our honorable mentions. You're watching Stern. All that is coming up next. Hey, 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 it's Lee Boy TV live in effect. Follow me at Lee Boy TV. You can catch me on the 80s, 90s, and 2005s podcast. Also, I have my own radio show, The Underground Lounge, on Indie 1015 Internet Radio. Holler at me and Midtown Radio. If you have any plugs or need anything as far as radio promotion, I'm here. I'm your man, Lee Boy. All that. Leon Lee Boy Frierson. Peace. Lee Boy TV. Split Attack is turning two. And as a special thank you and birthday present, we are providing you, Slimesters, with three episodes free from our Patreon. Uh, if you want to check those out, look down in the description below. You will find those there. And if you watch these episodes and you enjoy them, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. So that way you will have a whole backlog of three seasons worth of exclusive content. A very special thank you to Christy Knowings for coming out to share her thoughts and memories about all that. If you enjoyed hearing from her, head over to support her improv group on YouTube called Doing the Most Comedy. It takes place on YouTube Live at 9pm Pacific Time on Fridays. Also give Christy a follow on social media by following at Christy Knowings. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of our top favorite All That Sketches. While you're here, please hit the like button and subscribe and make sure you hit that notification bell. Uh, if you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. All of these very simple actions make a big impact on our channel. Make sure you also follow us on social media for any major updates that we have going on. And also, if you have uh, some questions that you would like to ask or get in contact with us in some way, you can always email us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. Do you like TTRPGs? Do you like a bunch of misfits getting together and going on wacky adventures? Come check out Homebrews and Homebodies over on Twitch, where we stream on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel for all of the videos that we have previously done. Uh, we have covered everything from Muppets to Legos to high fantasy adventure. Um, so if you want to just disassociate for a while and go on an adventure, check us out over at Homebrews and Homebodies on Twitch and YouTube. Tune in next time, Slimesters, when we head to the sketchy side of town and get caught up in reading some dangerous comic books for our latest Are You Afraid of the Dark vs. Goosebumps face-off between the Ghastly Grinner and the Masked Mutant. 
This one was one of our most requested versus episodes to do way back in season two of the podcast, so we're thrilled to give this one some action-packed attention with our guest and YouTuber Zach from Campfire Tales. You can catch all the slimerific action only here on Splat Attack. You're watching Snick. Now back to all that. All right, I got my popcorn ready. I am ready to keep snicking. Uh, I ran for my bathroom break. <laughs> uh, Brett. <laughs> I did too. I was, bringing, I, was right I was bringing the child. I needed to li- relive my childhood memories, and I had to time it. I was like, I only have a couple minutes. We got to go. Perfect timing, Kylie, as Thank always. You. Thank you. I yep, still yep. haven't I, lost I it yet. snacks from the kitchen. <laughs> Feel good uh, about it. Brett, what are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, I got a, I got a couple of them. One's a recurring sketch, and the other are one-time sketches. Um, I'm just gonna rattle them off real quick, if that's okay. No, go ahead. Um, so starting off, I, I have Bag and Sag and Barry, which we actually mentioned in our yeah. 24th episode on Patreon, because it's all in the pants. And of course, that was one of those uh, Keenan-focused sketches where you just, it's similar like Lab Librarian. You don't know how it's gonna escalate, but it just keeps escalating where he keeps taking out like bigger, bigger. And, wilder wilder things out of his pants to help people or give it to someone else and i think there's like another uh like variation of it where there's bag and sag and mary Mary. yeah yeah where she would like compete with him to see who can help who with all the stuff that's in their pants and that was a sketch that was been around even since the pilot episode because in the first one he went out on a camping trip with like a bunch of boy scouts and was like able to give them all the different camping supplies. So that's like one of the earliest ones that stood out to me the longest. And then also for um, speaking of the pilot, I got to go with all that raps where Keenan was playing. Um, I think his name was Snoop Froggy Frog or something to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this was like a, a weird after the performance sketch because TLC were the fly girls involved literally wearing like flies on their head dancing with Keenan while Elisa Reyes was interviewing all of them as if they're on like some sort of fake MTV show. And I just, I just love the fun energy of it. And it really captures the essence of what was going on in pop culture at the time, at least from a music standpoint, 1994. So I have a soft spot for that. And then lastly, I'm going to do another one from season one, actually uh, the, the, the Debrat episode where she performed is called Hey to Dr. K where Kel is a radio host and he's just like, Hey, the ticky ticky Dr. K. And then he's like answering people's problems as they radio in. And it's, it's kind of like the precursor to ask Ashley because all these callers have really stupid sounding uh, questions that he tries to answer. And then when he, he attempts to give them like a, a half hearted answer, he like, uses a slingshot to hit a gong on the wall and he's like problem solved boing and then out of nowhere this is the clincher this is the clincher because keenan comes in as bill cosby who's still carried on into his snl sketches to this day and he's like adding some extra you know salt to that pepper that he's going and starting the whole keenan and kel chemistry going on and there's this one moment where he's giving this totally improv long-winded answer to the to the caller on the radio show and i just can't like stop laughing on the floor it's too hilarious i laughed at it back when i was like a young child watching this for the first time and i laughed at it yesterday when i was reviewing all these sketches so if you have a chance to look at it and put the clip in here definitely do that because i i can't it's too much to remember uh all the words 
And also eat yellow pudding until it comes out your nose all gooey and runny like a buffalo with purple underpants and red pants on his elbows with snot coming out of his nose and it's all gooey and runny and nasty and he needs to wipe himself every time he comes out of the bathroom. I don't get it. Neither do I. Well, for my honorable mentions, uh, many of these are uh, one shots also, but uh, there was one sketch. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it was a uh, pair of pants uh, where there was the a pants mm-hmm. store. Yes. yes, there was a, a, a yes. store that just had one pair of like pants, pants and they could never, ever sell it. Uh, and uh, also continuing with uh, Lori Beth, because Lori Beth actually makes quite a bit of an appearance in, in my uh, honorable mention was the complaint department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, she never I, I never could quite tell if she was going full Ed or uh, a blend of Ed and her vital information character where she just knew but just refused to acknowledge everyone's uh, complaints. Okay. okay, so like one of mine was has to do with this, so I have to say it. I, as a kid did not love the complaint department. I don't know. I just, it didn't really connect with me. And I think it's because it wasn't big. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I maybe didn't connect. But but going back and watching it, one of my favorite scenes that I've seen the whole time is when Ed comes into the complaint department and they're going back and forth about why the bra he bought won't play the CD. And it was just, I watched it and I was like, so good because it's one of those times where it's like oh man i wish this character and this character would meet mm-hmm. and they were like we're gonna do it yeah uh, so good i bought this bra but it won't play the cd did you try blowing your nose in the bra yes did you try rubbing the bra with cheese yes did you spank the bra and send it to Australia? Oh, I feel so stupid. See, I spanked the bra and sent it to Switzerland. <laughs> and uh, the the one-shot sketch of the secret world of Alex Sachs. Oh. Yep. I saw that earlier today. Yep. Cool. Uh, which that was, was something else. Which was just fun because uh. you... I've not. I think it's the only time we've ever seen all that do a direct parody of a Nickelodeon That's property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really, really like that, and the fact that they actually got uh, Larissa Olenek to come in and on, and do it again for them, which was fun. Um, I believe it was season one. They had uh, as their cold open how they auditioned for mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the show. That cracks me up. Like uh, Katrina's pulling the bus and the doing yes, crazy yes, stuff yes. to get qualified. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, it was later in this series, but the everything sticky sketch, which yep. has now become something of legend because that one gets shown quite a bit uh, through Facebook groups. And the the final two is uh, vital information. Uh at first, it just wasn't that funny. It was just loud. But then the writers seemed to really catch on to something really magical. And then they got they got pretty funny. And then they just got side-splitting hilarious. Uh, particularly my favorite is whenever she was saying how much she hates the Macarena. Oh, Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Oh, Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Oh, I hate the Macarena. And then finally, and and this is more of a character reappearance, every single time Kel showed up and just yelled, 
Love it. The Maroon family. Yes. 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 I think they're on like a Family Feud. Yeah, they there was a Family Feud episode at one point. I, love that one in particular. I think that's where it started, and then they just kept inserting yeah. uh, that character in various places. I'm laughing just thinking about it now. <laughs> and Tyler, what were some of your honorable mentions? Um, I'm I'm just gonna say Josh Server. Like, just <laughs> look. Like I said earlier, that man. Could, just the accents he would pull out, the the physicality, like the body language he would give. Um, off the top of my head, Detective Dan, can't yes. go wrong. Um, also, uh, Bernie Kibbing, is it Kibbinger? Kibbinger, the, the old the man, man he played that yeah. debuted, I think, in the pants store episode. And like he kept coming back, and it was so good. Oh yeah, oh, that old Jewish man. Oh. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just just Josh, so good. Um, other honorable mentions: the USS spaceship, the Star Trek spoof yes. Um, yes. that they did all the time. Um, I'm uh, throw in real quick Mavis and Clavis because yes, I think yes. Brilliant yes, Mavis and Clavis <laughs> was is maybe my favorite Keenan and Kel um, sketch. Um, and again, I think it's because they both pulled from real life people that I think they they just that imitation was so good um katrina mm -hmm. was like the actual celebrity impersonator with the cast like whenever she was roseanne killed yes. me every time <laughs> yeah. coming on. out of the closet with just all of the lipstick everywhere so funny um the wizard of cause is uh, one of classic. my favorites I and it that. only happened one time and it was the first time that i remembered seeing keenan be bill cosby which <sighs> made that big jump for me and also gave me a nightmare because josh played what was it like frogs mick mcfrog whatever yeah, yeah, and, oh my that. god that that costuming what they made his face look like this was yeah, a nightmare gate still gives me nightmares terrifying it's got the big like all of his face is like this um, and then, yeah. uh, Connie Maldoon constantly, I'm yes. I'm Connie, I'm Connie Maldoon. <laughs> um, so funny when, she, especially when she would turn up at Good Burger and they would both, they were both just very literal and it was so funny. Um, and I think this is one that most people probably didn't really care for, but Squash Boy. Squash boy! Squash boy? Uh-huh. In fact, here comes Squash boy now! Yeah. Over here, Squash boy! Uh-huh. The way my brain just, the minute they started saying it, like, just something unlocked and I was like, oh my god, like, it just no notes so good that's, no that's notes a deep it's a deep cut it's a deep cut <laughs> and, and because you had said connie maldoon i just now completely remembered lester oaks construction worker oh and right. um uh island girls yes i yes. loved i or loved island girls never, and like never. i love that now now that i'm older i'm just like poor poor lori beth like See, i was I yep. am Fran. I yep. am Fran. I don't want to do these things. I'm stranded on an island. See, Please stop singing. Kylie. We are Kiki and Fran. 
Every time I saw that, I thought of me and you in that scene. We are Kiki Every and single friend. time. You are the Kiki to my friend. Yep. I guess I'm the coconut then that she bonks her head with. You're the guy who always comes in that's supposed to rescue us. And, and then I send you Kiki's away. Kiki's like, okay, bye. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, wait, yeah. who is that? What? It's like Gilligan's Island in a nutshell. Yes. A coconut shell. Coconut shell. Ugh. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, we actually have a little bit of shout out your lungs out to talk about because we have some responses from our slimesters on Instagram to see what they had to say is their favorite all that sketch. So uh, let's jump right into it. Alrighty. So for a shout out your lungs out, we polled Instagram to see what our slimesters had to say about all that and this episode uh, with their favorite sketches. So uh, starting off, we have the following. Ben Bink, 888, says he likes Loud Librarian. Since we just talked about that, good choice. Good choice. Loud and proud. Manny, uh, who's our friend of the podcast and part of our staff, says he loves Jimmy Bond, particularly the Cold Finger and Hot Toe episodes. Right, right on, Manny. We love both of those, too. Travis Kemp, who's a friend of the podcast, says, Can't go wrong with Everyday French with Pierre Escargot. <laughs> uh-huh. My pets uh-huh. smell like sausages. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it's simple, but effective. Uh, MSP10 Julia says she enjoys Good Burger, which, surprisingly, we didn't talk that much about. Yeah, we didn't. Episode, but it's, I, I was so going to mention good. it later. I think it's probably because it's a, good. I think it's probably because it's such a standard with the show that we yeah. tried to. Uh, we we knew we knew one of us was going to bring it up, so we avoided so it we for all somebody didn't. else, and we all avoided yeah. it. But yeah, easily good. Burger. <laughs> uh, Haunted Elk says uh, she finds the Lemonade Scammer, the Island mm. Girls, and anything with Miss Fingerly just delightful. Thank you for sharing, Haunted Elk. Larry Beth Denberg performances in those and Katrina are both great, mm. and Elisa too. Uh, Nick Hoimi, who's also a friend of the podcast, appreciates repair, man, 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 man. And, of course, Good Burger, too. Very nice, Nick. Love it. Uh, Big John 08865 loves Alex Sachs. Hey! And you can guess why, because he's a Larissa Olenek fan. So, mm-hmm. there you go. And lastly, our longtime listener and slimester, Jeffy Carr, also can't get enough of Repairman. So... Awesome picks by everyone who chimed in with us. Thank you so much for sharing your answers. Yes, thanks, guys. And if you guys want to interact with us more, you know, head on over to our Patreon, check out some of the bonus content we have there, and also just uh, keep chiming in whenever we interact with our audience for these episodes. We love sharing your answers and hearing what you have to say. Or if you guys want to interact now, you can do so by answering our closing question, which is what, good sir? Which all that sketches do you remember most vividly and why? Write to us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at splatattackpodcast as we're continuing to grow our video channel there. Or just interact with us where you find us on social media. You know where we are at this point. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, you name it. Find us. Uh, we also have some lovely bonfire shirts that we've made over the past season, and there's many more designs to come. 
uh, later this season. So if you'd love to support the show by showing some of our merch off, you can get a shirt or a mug at our Bonfire page, which is uh, bonfire.com uh, slash splat attack store. And need help, there's a link in YouTube. Alrighty, everyone. Uh, until next time, Alex, will you scrape up the slime off our wall, please? I've got to create a new chocolate-based dish for Randy and Mandy that will surely appeal to even the most lactose intolerant of superheroes. <laughs> aye, aye, co-captain. Uh, before you bring your confectionery creations onto the sketch, I think you need just one last element to make this dish sing. What's that? Ketchup! No, not my arch nemesis condiment. Super dude, where are you? Splat you later, Slimesters. I'm going to need a truckload of fries to clean up this mess. <laughs> Bye.